Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Today I am joined by Bill Duda, the founder and owner of Go Fast Don't Suck. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm freaking fabulous. Well, man, thanks for taking the time out today where, to um, sit down with me and discuss a little bit about stuff. You don't know what we're going to discuss yet, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So <laughs> that's, that's what makes my job so much fun. But um, let's, let's go back a little bit. You know, when did you, you know, when did you start shooting? Is this something you did? with your dad or is this something you learned from the military what did this look like for you when did you get into firearms no uh firearms was basically military well i mean growing up um i would go out to the range to go shooting once in a great while you know it was just kind of like a thing go shoot a pistol or go shoot a rifle we had bb guns always had bb guns always shooting bb guns right um played paintball for a little while and then decided i was going to join the military and then spent a lot of time getting uh getting good with rifles what'd you do in the military uh fixed broken shit did you really yeah so it was all communication stuff uh for those that know it's 25 papa uh microwave systems operator maintainer okay uh, so yeah so is that something you when you went in they trained you for or is that something you kind of had a like a liking to being a young adult i didn't have a lot of stipulations i said i want to be airborne and i want to work with computers and they right. were like all right so combo and whatever if you didn't say airborne we probably would have paid you extra to go airborne but sure <laughs> <laughs> very good how long did you do the military uh i did i did uh the eight years altogether. wow yeah. Well, thank you for your, your time and service to do that for us. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. What, um, so when you got out, was that, you know, what that look like when you first got out of the military? Was you in, you had a plan ahead of you or would that, what, what would that look like for plans. you? Plans. Right. Makes plans. Right. Some people do. <clears throat> so I was enlisted. So when you enlist, you sign up for eight years okay. obligation. Um, I did five years active. And then when I got out, uh, didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what I was interested in. I ended up um, going back to my old unit. And I, the first job I had out was picking up a job issuing the military, their their equipment from the civilian sector. Okay. So my first job was issuing my old unit, their new equipment they were training for. So that okay. was pretty interesting. So was this, what, what, what city was this done in? Was this at home or you still away? No, this was like a 94% travel job. Really? Like I'd come home for, I'd be gone for three months, come home for four days, over to Germany for two months, you know, come home for another four days and then I'd be off to Colleen, Texas again. So I was all over the place. Wow. Did you yeah. enjoy the traveling part of that? Or is that kind of one of those things? Were you married yet? Yeah, I was married. Okay. Uh, we had a, a young child and this was, this was right out of the military. So, um, my spouse wanted to move back to New Jersey where I never wanted to move back. Ugh. So I was like, well, sure. <laughs> and the first job I was able to get just so happened to be 90% right. travel. So, uh, yeah, the daughter was really young, so she right. didn't really know that I wasn't around to, but all the fine that we paid everything off. That was great. We right. got, we got all our finances straight then. But now I've drove through New Jersey a couple of times. It's actually not as a lot more trees than I thought it was going to be. I actually thought it was a lot more, you mostly know, pine trees. Yeah. 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 This had no we, idea. We are known for pine barrens. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alabama is too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, 
I'm completely lost my train of thought there. Well, you were you were traveling all the time, you young kid. You mm. know, you had your wife with you, but, not with you, but at so, home. So. Well, I did that job for a year because okay. I I didn't want to be that that person that uh was known to get out of the military and then you have like ten jobs in the first year because you can. Where in the military you were stuck doing whatever they told you to do. Right. So I kept that job for a year and then I picked up the job I do now. Which is, uh, I work for a, a manufacturer that makes uh, gamma cameras for imaging, um, imaging hearts and lungs and things like that using radiation. So it's, uh, and I've had that job now for going on 14 years. So you're in, like in the medical industry, but mm, yeah, you're selling stuff directly to that. You sell directly to doctors and that, or you sell to hospitals, or what does that look they like? They do both. Okay. Uh, private practices. We'll do the cardiac stuff. Uh, like if you wanted to go do nuclear stress tests, if your if your practice has it, you can go to you know they'll have their own camera, or mm -hmm. they can uh, hire us to come and bring a camera to them for the day. Right. So there's all kinds of stuff they can do there. Um, but it's it's again like I was doing in the military, which is fixing broke stuff. So right. I go around and troubleshoot, figure out what's wrong with it, fix it. Um, I've gotten pretty high in that in the company where I can, you know, if they need something done in Texas because something broke and they can't figure it out. I'll fly down to Texas and handle it for them and things like that. So, so you, you travel all over the United States still? Uh, world. Oh, I've been to, really? I've been back to Kuwait as a civilian with this company. Mm -hmm. um, I've spent some time in Britain. So yeah, I've been, uh, gotten all around a little bit. So wow. Did you ever, do you know, does it ever get boring traveling like that around the world? Or is it kind of like one of those things I had need a break and just kind of go? No, I, if they, if I get the opportunity, I'll totally take advantage of going. Mm -hmm. And it's more because I like experiencing new things. I like going to do new stuff. That's why like a desk job is not going to work for me because I'd be in the same place all the time. Job right. I have now is going around and doing different things. When I was an elect electrician's helper back when I was younger, uh, going and doing a residential build was torture for me. But right. Going to a residential, somebody, some lady's electrics, electric outlet doesn't work and she doesn't know why. That was exciting to me because I get to figure out why it's broken and then fix it. Right. So, and you're always at a different site every day. So what did, what did COVID look like with all this? When, when everything happened with your industry, what happened during that time? No change. No change. No. So you were still going around fixing equipment they needed fixed and no, no places were shut down or anything. Cause it's still in hospitals and doctor's offices right. and they still need the equipment to work. Right. Um, there was, there was a lot of stuff, uh, downturn where they didn't have as much imaging going on, mm -hmm. but it was still, you still got to keep up with the maintenance cause it's all state regulated, mm -hmm. uh, or federally regulated. If you have a certain accreditations where it has to be maintained certain amount of times a year, and right. if it's not getting done, then you're actually falling behind. So you're kind of behind the scenes with the, the hospital yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like me that do different things in the hospital right. systems. The being behind the scenes though. During COVID mm. and seeing, you know, you, you, you got the perspective of what media puts out there and you got the perspective of what um, everybody is doing. Then you got the perspective of what the hospitals making the people do. Mm -hmm. But you got the perspective of behind the scenes. Like, OK, I'm in here. You know, it was there like everybody's really freaking out, masking up constantly? Or was there any major difference behind the scenes that people did not see? No, no. What you know about where it's people, you know, if the hospital system, which has got bled into the doctors, um, are still wearing masks in every, almost every office. Mm -hmm. There's some that are don't, you don't have to if you don't want to. Right. Um, but 
for the most part, everybody was, everybody still is in the hospital and uh, medical industry wearing masks. Right. So, um, no, it, and it was, it was that, adhered and to. The, well, the reason I asked that question, I go, you know, I go into some op- offices all the time you know, to see doctors as well. And we're behind shut doors. Everybody, everybody's like, take the mask off. Oh, I can't, can't stand yeah. wearing this thing kind of thing. That's why I was asking that question. And it's, and even then, uh, and now it, it's been that way the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's not any different, but okay. it's usually where it's, if you're going into the room to work on a piece of equipment and I can shut the doors, I'll shut the doors and take the mask off. Right. That's typical. You'll see that everywhere. Right. Um, if it's a coworker and you guys have just spent 12 hours driving to a site in the same car, you mm-hmm. got to wear masks in the building and then you go into the room by yourself and you take your mask off. That's all of that's typical. Right. It's, uh, it's where you don't, won't see you is, most of the time is going to be like a patient and a doctor or a patient and a couple nurses. They right. won't, they'll all stay masked up during that. Not necessarily because they're concerned. It could just be because that's what the rules are. Well, that rules are. And there's also with social media now and all of a sudden you go into a doctor's office, somebody's holding a camera hidden somewhere and you, you know, they're recording somebody not wearing a mask and it just opens up and kill another can of worms with liability wise. A lot of so. that is, thankfully it seems a lot of that stigma nonsense has gone away since like the end of 2020. Right. Like it's gotten less, uh, special needs. Like you, know, <laughs> you don't have people, you don't have as many people running around doing that, but then right. you still drive, you know, you're still driving down the road and see somebody in DC driving by with, you know, their mask on by well, sitting in the car by himself. I, I, I like, drive everywhere a lot and I'm still, I'll, I'm on the interstate a lot and I, I look over and like, Oh, still got a mask. Sweet. Good deal. And just keep on going. Good, good for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they're safe in their car. Oh, so. the airports. You see all kinds of weird jobs. See, in I, have the not, I have not been to the airport since all this oh. started happening because I just, one, I don't fly with all the stuff I carry around with everywhere for one, but yeah. I've, I've flown a couple of matches and it was just a nightmare. So I just didn't decided to, to drive. Oh, you'll see them. <laughs> so. they'll, they'll be wearing face shields and this, that, or really they'll, they like, you got people that wear shields that are like the uh, grinder shields yes. and you got other people that wear them where they face up and instead oh. <laughs> like so you guys <laughs> you guys are awesome so the dust from the air just yeah, comes just, right on it, it filters so out it looks like a feed bag you yeah. just pour something in there and well, that's a good way to eat french fries i guess <laughs> <laughs> just, a, <laughs> just a just an observation yeah. <laughs> i don't know but so you live in the free state of maryland right delaware delaware yep that's right delaware as i talked to somebody before they was in maryland you're in delaware oh, yeah so you're you're in the business with this you you know you travel around when did the guns as a hobby slash sport first get noticed to you? Oh, I blame it on care packages. Care packages. Yes. So uh, again, I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in Kuwait on my recall. So I, I said I did five years active duty. I got so re- you did you did the shooting sports in Kuwait. Right. That's a different kind of shooting sports. Well, hold on. Hold on. I could go into that, but. Uh, I did. I did five years active duty. Got out for that year. Okay. So when I picked up this job that I was talking about, um, I was I was working for the company for three months, and I got a "Hey, welcome back to the army" letter in the mail that said okay. report in three months. So I had to tell my company that just hired me, uh, "Hey, uh, I have to leave for a year." <laughs> wow. So uh, I deployed, and I, I'm sitting in the in a arms room in Kuwait, and some care packages came through. I'm flipping through magazines, and I, I was flipping through one, and it was talking about three gun. And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, 
So like, there's a sport where you get to shoot rifles, pistols, and shotguns all at the same. So this was your care package. It was just so you get care packages from organizations. I did not know. Right, you'll get like a box for the entire unit that's just full of magazines. Okay, and you know some of them will have like their addresses ripped off and stuff like that. You get all kinds of different stuff. But okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um. So yeah, I was flipped through and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. I was like, well, rifles. I've been expert in the army. How could you need more training than that? You know know better now right and then i was like shotguns that's basically an aerial weapon you don't need any kind of training for that i was like pistols though i have not shot pistols okay uh and i was really curious about uspsa because that's what it talked about and so i called up the the range that was near my house that i i researched and said that they were doing uspsa matches well, do you remember what magazine it was back then? i couldn't tell you i no. was just kind of curious because yeah. you said uspsa that's why i didn't know if it well, was that something that was in the the, the article that talked about? It was yes, okay because so if you look through, even if you're reading about uh, practical shooting sports through like you know Guns Magazine or right. something like that, they'll they'll talk about the different sports that you could play. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's talked about USPSA, and I, I called up the because you could go on USPSA at the time and find local clubs, and then find a local club match director phone number. So okay. I called the guy from Kuwait. From Kuwait. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to be on leave in a couple weeks. Can I swing by and watch your match? And he's like, sure, but my phone says you're calling from Kuwait. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I am. Is that a problem? He's like, no, it's just strange. Um, so I went and the match said it started at seven. So I went and I showed up at seven o'clock. Gates locked. Nobody's there. I'm like, what the? Okay, I guess maybe it's like, it, it's like my normal match maybe weekend. It just no, happened nobody on a gets different day. there early. <laughs> so I went home and uh, they find out the match is listed at seven to shut the range down and then i oh. if i was there at eight o'clock i'd have seen plenty of people but um but i was like you know what i was like i'm just gonna play this game so i went and after i got home from uh that deployment uh, i went out and bought a pistol and immediately went to my first match with a bunch of uncle mike's holsters well let, a, let's back up real quick because you had a discussion with your wife about this i'm for sure right yeah i said i'm gonna do this do, do but explain that conversation do this because you just i i'm going to get a you know buy a gun and going into a sport i'm, I'm sure people have never heard of that before what was her reaction when we got married, she was really against motorcycles, guns, you know, all the stuff I'm into now. Okay. Right? Uh, <laughs> so, so I slowly worked her in. Let me, let me see how much I can push the boundaries on this relationship. Right. <laughs> well, and she started finding out from life experience that some of this stuff is more important than she thought. Okay. Uh, so the conversation for buying a pistol wasn't hard because of what an incident that happened while I was deployed. So I had a single action brake shotgun, right? Okay. A little 12 gauge, no big deal, right? No, I'm sorry. That's a 20 gauge. It was for my youth shotgun. So before I deployed on this second deployment, um, we had moved into a new neighborhood right before I left. Okay. And I was like, all right, this is the shotgun. This is how you use it. Put the hammer back, pull the trigger, it goes bang, right? Mm-hmm. So I showed her how to use that and I put it in the closet. And I was like, if you need it, because we live up on a, it was a, the bedrooms were on the third story of a townhouse. If you need it, get it, stand at the top of the stairwell and just call the cops. You don't have to go clear the house. Right. So the kids come bust in the room one one night. They're like, we heard we heard some racket downstairs and nobody's downstairs. And she's like, oh, no. So she goes in the closet where I had showed her to go get the shotgun and she grabs my pellet gun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she forgets how to use the shotgun anyway. So she turns it over and holds it by the barrel like a bat. <laughs> I told her, I was like, if you swung that thing. 
it was likely just a folded half waiting for you to i was like oh my god there was nobody in the house right, right. but it was it was you know when i said i want to buy a pistol right it wasn't there was no discussion about well you know that's dangerous it was the discussion was make sure it's locked up away from the children okay because we at the time we had like a four-year-old four or five-year-old and a couple teenagers yeah so I was three like, okay, kids no problem uh yeah all daughters yeah. Ugh. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, I, like, I was I, one. Like, I, I didn't live this sea of estrogen. No. I was one and done, man. My, my son's 20. I was out. <laughs> but, but it's like, you did three. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now, I married into two. We had one. Okay. And now I've got two granddaughters and a grandson as well. Your grandfather. I'm a, yeah. Wow, uh, three pe- times over grandfather. Uh, three times. Yeah. I, I, I did not know that. Uh, I, well, <laughs> why do you think I'm such a, I'm such a masochist? I just let it happen. Like, like, <laughs> usually people are showing pictures of their grandkids everywhere. <laughs> oh, know. no, no. I told them they have to call me uncle. I'm too young. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So let's back up. So now you're going to talk to, you know, in Delaware, was it easy to buy a gun in Delaware? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. As long as you pass a next check, you, you just go home with it. Okay. So there was no state different regulations like it was in Maryland and everything else. Other conversations I've had. Okay, good. Did you do training with that before you went to go play the sport? Or what did that look like? I did a lot of YouTube research. Okay. Yes. Uh, in fact, to the point where I was like, uh, I learned that I was gripping guns wrong, pistols okay. wrong. So I, I started practicing like all the time. I'd be sitting there be like stop sign right like just driving down the road like, <laughs> road sign right like just draw, just draw. that's a yes oh just <laughs> stacking my thumbs oh and not, getting not with a gun no 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 okay just getting this no no that's what i was like just going. getting that motion down and <laughs> stacking my thumbs on top of one another okay because i had i was either doing behind the back strap right. wrong or over top of thumbs yeah. like you see people doing i and, remember first time i shot a glock a long time ago i took yeah. off the top of my knuckles it was not the right way to hold the gun no you found out <laughs> yeah. not to put it across the back no, strap don't yeah. do that. It's not yep. good. No. Did, um, so when you went to, your, you know, you made a comment a while ago where you said, I want to do this sport. Yeah. I want to do this. Did the the word competition not oh, I'm make a, you nervous? Very, no, not at all. I'm not. Well, I, I don't tend to have, I don't tend to shy away from competition. I shy away from not being good at something. Okay. So did you do competition in high school? Uh, track. Well, it was track. It was cross country running. Okay. So, I mean, I was pretty competitive with that, but I was also a teenager. So it was also, you know, like started to get like selfish and didn't want to do anything because it was too much work. I get kind of stuff. But, um, but now it's just, if I can, if I can find something that I think I can get good at, I'll, I'll try, I'll make an effort at it. Okay. And you'll see me do things like, like my first gun was a Glock. Okay. wasn't quite sure, but I was pretty sure I was going to be into this. And then after that, it was buying the more expensive guns and the better gear right. and getting everything situated. And um, like, I'll never go back and buy a cheap something in the sport again, because I've already got the one I want. Right. Like when I first started playing paintball, I went and bought a cheap one and found out that was something I wanted to do. Went and spent a bunch of money on the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this week's podcast is brought to you by Kana gold. Kana gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Conic Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a Magical Mystery Tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. 
Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When you order from ConnieGoldHemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. When you went to your match, did you first match? Mm-hmm. Did, did we? Did you? Do you remember what match it was? Was it a local match? Or it was it, a local match? Okay. Was it one of those things? Did you read the rules before you went into it, or did you just go into it where you depended on the other people to walk you through the process? Funny story. Okay. Uh, a, buddy, a buddy of mine who no longer plays the game anymore. Him and his wife and his kids just don't do it anymore. He came over and he saw that I was new. He's like, "Oh, what, what do you got?" And I was like, oh, it's just a little Glock and stuck it back in the holster. He's like, didn't say anything. I completely forgot about the incident. <laughs> this was at the match. This was at the match right after the safety briefing. <laughs> and I'm like, it was like years later. He's like, yeah, the first time we met, you pulled your gun out of the holster right there. On it. He's like, he's like, I was like, oh. I could have been disqualified before I even got to my first match. <laughs> I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, that was a trip. Uh, but yeah, no, that match was. Uh, I had squatted with a. I remember the one guy's name, Doug. Doug okay. and another guy. They shoot together, and it was at the end of that that match. He goes, man. He goes. He goes. You know. He's like, I know this is your first match. He goes, but you were you were fast. You obviously need things that you need to work on, mm-hmm. but you were safe. He's like, if you keep that up, he's like, you you can go places in this sport. No problem. Really? Yeah. He was like, he's like, you can do well in this sport with, with what you're already doing. You got a lot to learn, but right. you know, you can definitely do well. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I was like, thank you. You know? And every time I see him and his friends, I was like, how am I doing now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so what we, you're shooting a Glock. Yep. So after your first match, was it like, okay, I'm in? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Like absolutely. Big time. I mean, I started like videoing myself and stuff. You can go back on YouTube and find some of the old videos where I had even like edited in little targets where I was hitting on the targets mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, there's one where. So, what year was this? Oh, really? Really? You're going to go with years? Well, I, I just kind of had to be 2010. 2010. 2010. Okay. So, yeah. And like the one of the videos. I wasn't sure about swear words in pistol sports. So I had actually edited out my cuss words. Cause like <laughs> it says, you know, it's like bang, bang. You see me messing with the gun. It's like, Oh, gee, golly. <laughs> darn. <laughs> you, you edited that. Yeah. Edited it. Instead of a beep, I put darn. You know? <laughs> I had to let my editor know that I was on my, yeah. was on my podcast. Can I with, Can just really like, oops, <laughs> just put, put a word in there. <laughs> That's funny. Shucks. <laughs> golly gee. <laughs> Very cool. Cool. So you, you start off with a Glock. What did you go to next? Revolver. And that's where I was going to go into because I knew you. I didn't know how quickly you went into that. But did you go into revolver because there was nobody shooting it and you had a chance to win? You know, what, what was the reason? Why, what, what made you go into revolver? No, I'm a masochist. That's okay. all. I just hate myself. Okay. Um, I did. So I was getting ready. To, I was like, all right. It's, I'm, obviously, the Glock is a nice enough gun. I've been shooting for three years. I've learned a lot where now I'm moving a lot better. I'm engaging targets in better orders. Okay. And I think the gun itself is what's holding me back from it. The platform is just not working for me. So the Glock wasn't working. Let's go to revolver. Well, the, the, the decision was I need to buy another gun. Okay. So do I buy the double action, single action? Do I do this? Do I do that? I definitely can't afford to go limited or open. Okay. You know, and I was looking around at the different production guns available because that's the division I was shooting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I was like, 
if I switch to any other division right now, it's basically a 1911. You're going to buy a 19 or 2011, mm-hmm. and that's the platform. Once I start squeezing them triggers, I'm not going to want to go back and do production. Makes sense. Right? I was like, well, actually, if I'm going to start, I'm never going to want to shoot revolver. Mm-hmm. I might as well just get a revolver and get it out of my system now. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I, I bought uh, my buddy, Dan uh, Mike Danchek. He uh he was shooting revolver and I talked to him a little bit and I ended up buying the 357 model because the 929 didn't exist yet. Right. And then no, it did exist, but you couldn't get them. They were <laughs> you had 357 with 38 special or 357 with 357. It was a 357, and I had immediately sent it to TK Custom and had them chamfer uh the cylinder to take nine millimeter cases. Okay. So I was shooting nine millimeter out of the 357. So I was able to load them plenty long with like 100, 160 grain bullets, right? <laughs> like, uh, and I just, I shot the bejesus out of that gun. I, I, I never had it worked on. I sent it like I bought it, had it sent to TK from TK. It got sent to me and I just shot so, it like it was. So back the then, that's back life. when Tom was working there. So I couldn't tell you. Was, well, Tom would be working with that back then. Now he's turned it over to his grandson. Yeah. TK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that, that'd have been Tom back in the day yeah. that did that. That's yeah. cool. And uh, I shot, I, I made master in that at the nationals I went to. Um, and I was going to keep shooting revolver for another year, but my daughter was starting to come to matches with me and she's mm-hmm. was shooting uh steel challenge and stuff. Right. And she came to a, a USPSA match and she's like, when do I get a regular size gun like everybody else? I like, <laughs> went right over to the gun store. I was like, now <laughs> I've got an excuse. We're buying that gun. So yeah, she, she was, so I got her a carry optics set up. Right. Cause this is when carry optics was new. Uh, so I got her carry optics and, uh, and I was, and I shot one more match major match with my revolver. And I was like, you know what? If I just start shooting carry optics, stage planning would be a lot easier with the kid and stuff. So well, how old were your daughter when she started shooting? Uh, she fired her first shots when she was like four, okay. uh, but she started shooting, uh, like falling steel and still challenge when she was seven. Wonderful. Yeah. And so. did she do a lot for USPSA as well? How long did she do that? Yeah. She came around she was uh, helping me at the, when I was running area eight matches, she was coming out and helping me with that. We, whenever I was ROing or, you know, and she wasn't in school, I'd take her to matches. Yeah. The, you just went, jumped way ahead on that one. I, based on the question, I didn't know when, you were involved in the sport when shooting Glock. Then you went to revolver. When did when did the did you go to a section coordinator or anything, or did you ever or just went right to run, right to running matches? What did that look like? Oh, part of the problem is Russell Fortner. He was here. Who's here shooting the match right now? <laughs> okay, that guy. So uh, apparently they were they were looking for a new section coordinator, okay. and I was participating by going in and helping with uh, matches. And like when I did first started doing it, I asked him, I was like, "Hey, I was like, so you guys run around these team jerseys and stuff? When you go to these major matches, are they team events? Like, is there an aggregate score for?" And they're like, "No, no, no, it's individual. We just wear the jerseys to show off that you know what clubs are from." I'm like, oh, right. well, then I'd like to come with you and, and help you run a match. So I started off as like a not ro ro. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I might as well get my certification. I'm doing this now. So right. got RO certified. And then shortly after I got CRO certified. Well, shortly after it was a year later, but right. uh, CRO certified. And then, um, so Russell Fortney and uh, who's uh, Jeff, Jeff had come by 
the the local match and they were they were talking me up they squatted with me they're like oh wow did you design this stage this is a really good stage <laughs> like man this is this is section coordinator level stuff and i was like what i was like what are you talking about and so they were talking me up the whole match because it turns out they needed they wanted to replace the section coordinator and they thought i'd be a good fit and i was like guys i was like i live in delaware at the time it was the virginia maryland section they're like oh we can fix that <laughs> I was like, well uh, that's so, awesome <laughs> so they were trying to get me to be a section coordinator and then um what ended up happening instead this was 2015 so what okay. happened instead was uh they needed a match director sooner than they needed a section coordinator to go through all the stuff <clears throat> to fix the section coordinator or something. Okay. So like, Hey, will you be the match director for, I was like, I will. It's like, I don't know anything about it. Like I've helped design stages and stuff like that, but I've never managed a match. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be great at it. It'll be awesome. I was like, well, is there like information? Like, Oh yeah, we'll send you the information packet we have. It was like a couple paragraphs of things to expect. I had no idea what I was getting into, <laughs> man. No idea whatsoever. Um, I, I got I got to thank Kevin McPhee. Uh, he helped me with getting all of how to figure it out. I must have blown his phone up and been so annoying. Uh, but the match went off great. Uh, right. We had I had done a lot of different things that they weren't doing that I thought should be done. But give me an example. Uh, like all the walls were painted the same color. Like okay. they were all white walls and I had white duct tape to mm-hmm. fix the walls. This was before we started doing fairing strips. Right. So during the match, I noticed that you'd be shooting through this wall and you put a piece of black duct tape on it. And then somebody else would shoot through it. You wouldn't notice it. And you, by the time you did, you didn't know if it was the shooter that just shot or three shooters behind. Right. So as all the walls were white, all the duct tape was white. And then it was easier to identify if somebody had shot through something. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. Things, the little details like that, creating, you know, uh, lean out motions and uh, ports and things that weren't being done. Because your background being the engineer like you are, you know, you, you saw things to fix at a match to make it more easier to flow then well not so much more it was more about i had higher expectations for what a major match was when i went to my first match okay so i asked i was like oh man you know i'm excited i'm like you know there's gonna be vendors there there's gonna Mm -hmm. be this and that and when i got there it was like we got an ears guy and i was like (laughs) this is there's no like nobody's selling product there's no you know it's just the ears guy they're like oh yeah no this is how it always is i was like oh that sucks and you walk around you look and there's like mismatch of walls and things are all torn up Mm -hmm. and i'm walking around like man i was like this looks like a little bit bigger local match it doesn't look like you know an event right and i was like well so this is my chance to turn the match into an event and I was doing things like trying to get Coca-Cola, a local Coca-Cola distributor to, to supply stuff and sponsor to match. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned more about we didn't have nonprofit status as a section. Hell, we didn't have nonprofit status as an area. And so there was no way for me to make some of these deals work because of the nonprofit status problem. Um, and I was like, well, USPSA is nonprofit, so we can use that. And they're like, nope, that's not really a thing. Weird. Okay. I was like, oh, so I, I've learned a lot and eh, how, how to take credit card payments without it hitting my taxes was something I had to learn later that next year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. But I ran the match and uh, got a lot of compliments on the match. And that really boosted my, you know, interest in doing it even better next time. Right. Um, but so they were like, hey, so you'll do the Virginia Maryland match next year. Right. I was like, sure. No problem. You know, uh, I got ideas and stuff. Well, they also at uh, in that uh, winter, they realized that they had lost their area director or the area uh, match director. Okay. And they were like, well, 
will you be the area match director? I was like, I already promised the section I would do the section. So if you want me to do the area match, you need to go and have that conversation with the section that you're poaching their match director. Right. And they were like, not, not a problem. And they made that happen. And I started running area eight. I did that for three years. Three years. Yep. Wow. From your, your first area match, when you put it on the ground, where was your mind at? All over the place? Or you had a pretty cool, calm, collective way of handling it? I was very controlling. Okay. I, I wanted, <clears throat> again, the way that I wanted to do things was design a bunch of stages. And then I got a core group of people. So it was me, the who was going to be the um, range master, the area director, and some other uh, key folks. I had come in and sit down at a pizza restaurant. And we went over my plans for the stages and where we should put them, how we should organize the match and mm-hmm. what they thought about this, that, or the other thing. And as a, as a group, we've developed what the match was going to be like on the ground. From there, I was controlling everything. I was doing the sponsor coordinating. I was doing the registration stuff and everything because I wanted to make sure I understood how all of these roles were happening. Okay. Now move on to the next year. Now I got into, now I have a sponsor coordinator. Now I have a registration person. Now I have, you know, uh, somebody just to handle stats separate from registration, right? Because that was that's important to me is to have that separate because that's uh, anyway. How did that go? Turn, went, it, turn over that control. It it went well, okay. and it was because I found the right people that were willing to do the job and got them to do it for me, right? Um, you know, and it's for me, it's always been about when I do the match, it's always taking care of the staff. So always making sure I took care of the staff, and then in addition to that, when I started doing the area match. Uh, going back to the vendor thing, I was like, man, I really, we need to make this more of an event. Mm. And I started pulling in people to vend. So we had uh, bullets, ammo, uh, Bobby. That's when I started hiring Bobby Q to come out and do mm-hmm. the area match. And it, it turned, it turned where we had uh, 300 shooters the year before at area eight. Mm-hmm. My first year we had 350 second year it was 450 mm-hmm. and then it was 550 every year after that wow when you said you took care of this one to make sure you took care of the staff how did you do that back in the day what that look like well it's it's not very different from now but um it's making sure that they're there they understand that i'm there to work for them um if they need something let me know if they're having a problem with people on their stage let me know mm-hmm. to the best of my ability i want to make sure they're working and having fun with the people that they want to work with and have fun with mm-hmm. When they don't have an opinion, I'll mix and match them with people so they get a chance to have you know meet new people. Um, making sure that their hotel order is is good the way that they need it. Making sure they're getting fed well. Uh, they always get a prize as well as they get a gift. Okay. So and it was always trying to make sure that they were as comfortable giving up their free time and coming out and hanging out with me for the week right. as much as possible. Now you said you hired Bobby, who we just got through talking to on the previous podcast. What did was he wasn't doing shooting then, or is it just somebody out of the blue that you found? How'd you find Bobby? He was he started off doing a match for uh, Chris Vett down in um, okay. Uh, I remember that story, right? Yes, in Maryland, and <clears throat> that's where I heard about ate his food. Okay, and I was like, you know what? I was like, that. Uh, I was like, is that barbecue guy? Does he go around to matches? And he's yeah. like, oh, he may. So I started talking to him. He's okay. like, oh yeah, I'll bring my camper up. We'll set the smoker up. It'll be awesome. Sweet. Okay. And, I, and I've never looked back. No, I know. I get that. I know the, another relationship that you both have is very special and very dear. That's very cool. So through this process, was the brand 
there yet when you were running area eight was that already was there was that was your brand of go fast don't suck already there well hell no okay so i this, didn't have time for that well, so let's go <laughs> let's go to that a little bit because i've heard bits and pieces of the how all this got started but basically you were shooting a revolver from what i remember uh were you shooting a revolver then shooting a revolver or you'd already moved no, on? No, I was shooting a revolver while I was doing Area 8. Okay. Uh, the last year of it, I was shooting uh, carry optics with my kid. Okay. So you, you get back and shooting carry optics with your, with your, with your daughter. Mm-hmm. And you're in a situation where, explain the story to the audience of where, like, where, where this went. I got bored. Okay. So um, Area 8, at the beginning of Bored this, or burnout? No, it was, it was bored. Okay. So it, I think it was in the middle of the second year when I was getting ready to put Area 8 on. I told him, I said, look. I'm not doing this after next year. I was like, we need to have somebody. Let's have a discussion with some people because I'm doing this year and I'll do next year, but I'm not going to do the following year. So let's make sure we get somebody on board. So I wanted to train somebody up so they weren't thrown into it like I was. Right. So, uh, so now the third year has ended of me running area eight and, uh, I'm just a regular CRO just running around shooting matches, uh, working matches, and I had designed a stage. That was the year I designed the stage for uh, Area 8 that had the sliders. So you, that was the first one I've seen you at. Yes. So you'd run down the stage with the slider to open mm-hmm. up a port, and then you let the slider go, and it goes back to the start position. That's right. So if you let it go too early, you'd have to go back and get it, which was fun because I got to watch people make that mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, leading up to that match, I had nothing to do. I had just spent three years of my life where when I had free time, I was working on stages, working on registration, working on sponsors. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost a second, you know, part-time job. Right. Until it got close, then it became a second full-time job. So I got bored and I was like, ah, I, I made a meme. It, I wasn't really doing it then, but I made a meme that was uh, about uh, like your heart rate watching the getting ready to shoot. Yes. Yes. I remember that. So, um, and that, and it blew up on my, as far as, at the time, it blew up on my my normal Facebook uh, account and my Instagram account. Like, right. Wow! I was like, you know what? I was like, there was some people that were doing this. Uh, Super Grand Champ. I was like, they were doing memes and stuff, but they kind of died off. Right. And there was like the feed ramp was doing stuff, and then they died off. Okay. And I was like, wow, there's obviously a hole for this kind of entertainment, and I hate myself enough to tell everybody how much I hate myself and they probably hate themselves too. So let's make <laughs> memes. And, uh, so I, I paid to have a logo made, which is the go fast. Don't suck logo with my, my body in it. Right. It's on the back of this jersey. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I put that up there and started getting a, a, a huge, a, a bigger following than I expected. And I remember at the time it was like, it was like, man, I was like, I can't wait till we, we get more followers than like, you know, super grand champ had or we get more followers than the feed ramp has mm-hmm. or this person or that and we'd always set a goal because that's what i did is i i have a team right and we all will make memes and put them together how big is your team now uh seven people seven different people right and well they don't all make memes i've okay. got a few guys that make memes i got one guy that's the computer nerd i got one guy that does like when we do the cartoons he does the cartoon artwork all right um stuff like that so there's some specialized stuff but a couple of guys, it was just like, I saw him make his memes or he's a buddy of mine. I was like, Hey, you want to come on board with this thing? And he's like, oh, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. And, uh, so the memes started off in like two weeks into making memes and we've got less than, it had to be like a thousand followers or something. Somebody's like, Oh, you guys got hats or stickers or shirts or something. I'm like, 
no, that's not a thing. This is a meme, right? And he's like, no, I totally will give you money for a shirt. I'm like, what? Right. And then um, this is all before that slider stage at Area 8. Okay. This I can't remember if it was February or May or something like this. Um, so I was like, all right. So we did, you know, some some cards and some stickers and some hats, and they started selling. And I was like, this is really wild. Like I didn't think this would be a thing. <laughs> uh, so come Area Eight now. A buddy of mine was uh, who did dry fire the dry fire the originating of the dry fire decals was Alpha Gorilla Sports. Alpha Gorilla Sports, yes, right. Mm-hmm. And he was getting out of it, and he was looking for somebody to buy parts of the company off. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to sell me the dry fire decals for go fast. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not interested in that. That can't be a thing. And especially for the money you want. And then, it, and then uh, I found out from a hearsay that he was also trying to sell off the Jersey side of the business. Mm-hmm. I was like, now the Jersey side, I was like, I'm not match directing anymore, but I can help matches that don't have the finances to pay for the more expensive stuff or that don't know where to go for this, that, the other thing I can make this brand more into not just entertaining people with my nonsense, but also ways to help matches. Mm -hmm. And that's what the brand has now become. So I help matches and entertain people. We sell the jerseys to individuals as a means to help us, you know, raise money to pay for other things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But it was never like my main goal. My main goal was always to have, uh, a, a less expensive way for people to get into, say, ha- giving your staff a jersey instead of a cotton T-shirt. Because mm-hmm. the prices can be a little astronomical uh, for smaller matches. Right. And we have something that's a little bit more affordable so people can, you know, ha- look good and stay cool and, you know, get that experience without having to pay. Right. You have to pay sometimes. Let's, let's back up to the memes again because you get a lot of stuff that's you know online all the time you stay up with current events in the shooting world and that's gonna be a good thing and bad thing when you look behind the curtain it's like oh it's really dirty back here but you know is it does every meme before it gets posted go through you no no okay. i mean well so it used it, it used to be we would we had stuff scheduled out two three months ahead of time okay now we're more into Everybody, it's everybody's. A lot of the guys have stopped shooting. Okay, uh, prices, primers, twenty twenty, all of this stuff has led to a lot of these guys not shooting anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't fault them for that. So I'm not going to kick them off the team. But they're not making memes. But that's okay because I've got plenty of hate for myself to make memes for everybody. <laughs> so eventually, you know, occasionally I get people to chime in. Like uh, when my dad passed away, I was able to get them to chime in and, and make a whole month's worth where I didn't have to do anything with that. And that was awesome. Right. Um, I needed that time to concentrate on other, other things and other t- entertaining people. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, if, if I definitely need some help making memes, I can I can right. push on those guys and they'll, they'll help me out. Do, do, is, do you ever turn down memes? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We there's there's a lot that we don't do. Okay, like some of some of these guys are really hateful, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Right. Like, uh, and there's other things like if it's about an individual, um, that or like say a situation where there's stuff going into litigation. Like, mm-hmm. no, we're not doing that. Okay, and it's because I don't want to get tied up in that. Now, once a decision's been made, I'll be all over it, no right. problem. Right. But during the whole, you know, I don't. I don't want to use like um, I don't want to use my social media presence to influence people to be on one side of a fence or another, right? 
Like, okay. say, let's go back to Mike Foley thing, right? Right. I didn't care if you liked the guy or not. I wanted to make fun of the situation. So we mm-hmm. picked on both sides. I picked right. on Trevor. I picked on Mike. And, right. You know, or you could think think of any any event that's going on. And right. we're making fun as many sides as we can because I think it's hilarious. Right. Um, but I don't want to be the guy that's telling you that what you should think is that this guy's a dirtbag. Right. I, I don't. You let people make their own opinions. I, right. I want okay. if I'm if people are going to look at us as an actual news source occasionally. I don't want them to actually think well, that. I'm, yeah. Well, people have looked at yeah. you as a as a news source, they and have. sometimes yeah. they look at you as as facts yeah. because you've had some. I've gotten in you, trouble. You've had some things go down <laughs> where um, people thought that rules were being changed yeah. based on a meme yep. that you have put out. Yeah. And so we've done we've done those on purpose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, has there ever been a time? A means been put out there, and you've been like, oh, I "Wish we didn't do that one." Not so much. I, there's a couple cringe ones uh, that you know, looking back with mm-hmm. the times being what they are, a little bit different. Even only three or four years now, all right. Um, it's like, wow, yeah, that was like I won't put that one on Throwback Thursday, you right. know? <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's other things like there's a reason we don't. If you ever see, like we have this uh, pasting and scoring logo, right? Yes. So it looks. It's I forget what the term is at the moment, but it looks similar to the USPSA yeah. logo. Yeah, copyright infringement. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> there's a term for it when you're when you're make obviously making fun of something. Right? Okay, like if you wanted to say McLove in it instead of McDonald's and use the same arches right. and stuff, it looks really close. But people know that you're just I just can't remember the term. It's all good. Um, so yeah, we we only use that if we're going to try to use a U like we want to make fun of USPSA. Right. If we're saying that USPSA substance, it'll have that logo instead right. of that. Uh, when it was like years ago, we said, "Oh, Nationals is going to require." It was like a Fox News thing. It's like, "Oh, Nationals is going to require you to have, wear a mask." Yeah, it was CNN. Oh, CNN. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Because like, I saw that, and yeah. I was like, "Huh, yeah." <laughs> like, like CNN is ever going to post anything about our sport anyway? Yeah, that's true. Right. So, <laughs> Especially this true. Um, so, but people actually started emailing and calling into headquarters, and, and actually, unfortunately, withdrew from Nationals because of this. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Oh man. So I jumped on there and I, and I edited it. It's like, if you're emailing headquarters about this obvious meme, you are an idiot or something like this. Right. You know, just unfollow us. Cause I don't need that in right. my life. Um, but yeah, we, I, you, I didn't so, wanna... do you think people were using that as an excuse because they're looking for a reason to get out of nationals or you think they really took that meme, you know, cause when somebody says something like that, if they can draw to it and say, I'm getting out of national use This is an excuse. Yeah. I think it's just people are stunt, just dumb sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go through the effort of writing an email about it and withdrawing from the match over, you know, a CNN saying that we're <laughs> no, I get it. Requiring masks. I get it. Yeah. So that, uh, we try to. I try to be a little bit more careful that when we're making fun of something like that, right. and try to make it as obvious as possible that right. we're making fun of something like that because I don't want to affect matches. I don't. I don't. I want to affect the sport in a positive way as much as possible while right. still making fun of everything. Right. Because you do. You you are about promoting the shooting sports. Oh, absolutely. And that's what a lot of people don't know until they get to know more of what's going on with yeah. you. And that's what I want to bring up today because you've been doing Steel Challenge. You've been doing USPSA. You've been involved with IDPA. Yep. Um, what other, is there any other shooting sports out there you tangled into right now? No, you got no plans for the future. I didn't know. Is no. That, that, is that the big three no, right it's, now? It's pretty much the big three practical shooting sports is what I've uh, done the most with. Yeah. Right. So do you see yourself, you know, 
getting into more different types of disciplines or where have you, where have you going with that? I don't know. I don't know that I've got the energy to, okay. <laughs> I've got, I've got so much energy jumped into three, three sports as it is. Right. I, I, I just don't know how I would. I do know that this year we tacked on, uh, to our little tour of doing the, um, uh, the steel madness up in uh, the metal madness. Metal yeah, madness. Yes. There, yeah. Most definitely. Oh, well, hold on. No, that metal madness is the one out in Kentucky. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, I'm talking about, uh, up in New York, they're doing a falling, a big falling oh, steel match. With Lispa, the, uh, um, yeah. Ellipson. Yeah. The, the, um, falling steel match. Yes. Yeah. I went to that last year. Yeah. So you're going to that this year. I am. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to that and helping them out with that match. That's really the only outside of the big three that I'm even, even dabbling with. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, it's on the way up to Maine where I have to be in a few weeks after that match anyway. Right. So I'm, I get to leave like my camper there to pull up to Maine the rest of the way after mm-hmm. that match. So now, w- with everything, you know, the USPSA lately has been just a dream come true for you, I'm sure, when it comes to meme world. But because there's just so much stuff happening and, and we're in the middle of it getting ready to have more happen. Do you um, see yourself getting more involved with USPSA on any other level, like an area director or anything like that do you, in the future? Do you, could you see yourself doing something Do like I that more? See myself as an area director? Not, mm-hmm. not in the current environment. No. Okay. Well, plus what I'm trying to do now, I'm, I'm actually more, I'm, I find myself being able to do more for the sport, what I'm doing now than I could as an area director. I've, I, I can totally agree with that statement, yeah. 100%. Because now you are traveling to Maine. You've got a whole new setup this year in 2022. I do. And I've, I've seen it for the first time this weekend because now you are partnered up with a lot of great companies and actually taking product around to have that available for them to purchase and help build other brands. So yeah. what does that look like? What, that, what, what, what gave you... You know, when you went into that, what made you want to just go into sporting sports even more? Uh, you know what? It, it's, it all falls back to that going to a major match and it feeling like it just, a you know, going to a level three and it feels like it's just a bigger level one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so now what I'm able to do is take the brand, bring some product out to the range. Now there's another booth. There's a booth you can go to mm-hmm. and buy something. And that's while it doesn't it seems like such a simple thing mm-hmm. to, to say and think about. When you're the shooter and you come and you see that there's something to go by, now it's no longer just this. There's something in addition to it. You're mm-hmm. not just getting lunch because it's a longer day. Now there's something you can go and actually, you know, see what products are out there. And I started off by just bringing my dry fire decals and stuff out there. You were That's at right. that one out in West PA. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, we should, I should definitely make this bigger. And I've every year now, this is as big as I've gotten. Um, now we've got basically almost like a strip mall store sitting mm-hmm. out in front on the range. Um, I got a huge 10 by 20 uh, set up and I partnered with six companies this year. You mm-hmm. with Hunter's HD Gold. Uh, I got Premier, Barbecue, Guga uh, Rebus, uh, Red Hill Tactical, and I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, Atlas Gunworks. Yep. So um, I partnered up with these guys. Um, most of them I've got product I've brought out to the range. Um, some of them I've got like uh, Atlas, I've got a demo gun. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I can do is, you know, like you come and say, hey, you know, I was I was wondering about Atlas. I was like, not a problem. I can give you all the information I've got about their mm-hmm. their products. I was like, and if you want, you can take my gun and I've got demo ammo from uh, uh, Dynamic Shootings. You can go out there and, and test fire uh, a handful of rounds out into the berm and tell me what you think. Right. Uh, if 
you know, Brian's not here at a, at this match and I am, I've got hundreds of gold. Yeah, if you want to borrow a set, go borrow a set. You're, you're the first one we've ever set up as a certified expert program where you actually travel around with demos mm-hmm. doing the same stuff I do and have, and have product to sell as well. And I'll thank you for wanting to do that because there's a lot of matches that I can't get to being just one of me, but now it's branching out and you're, you're part of this test pilot that I have working now, which has been ex- extraordinary so far. Do you think, you know, I noticed Premier was on there. Are they going to teach you how to make some basic hearing molds? Have you talked about no. that? Okay. That one was kind of, so Premier are at a lot of events I'm at because yes. they live cl- local to me anyway. So it's more of a, me being able to get their, their product out there more okay. um, and stuff like barbecue. So those are my two that are not like the big four are where it's, you know, I've got your product here, show it, shoot mm-hmm. it, you know, something like that, buy it. Um, so that's more of a, I've partnered with them because I'm there and I want to help promote their, their brand and they help promote my brand at the matches I'm not at. Right. You know, either wearing my t-shirts or jerseys or talking to people about it. Yeah. Cause we'll go back in the jerseys. You made, a, you made a lot of my jerseys. I it's, did. It's been great because I'll just, I started sending you, um, pictures of shoes. Yeah, shoes pictures. <laughs> it's <said>. the strangest. <laughs> and it works every time. I'll just say, here's some shoes. Um, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, you, and I don't want to see, I, I like the big reveal, whatever, whatever you're going to put out there. <laughs> it, I don't care what it is. Just do it. So I haven't, you know, I love it. I love what you do on the jerseys and we oh, open you. some other companies up to you as well, because you have a great price point that's out there for a, a new shooters getting into it and new situations where, you know, everything's so expensive, It is, but you're in a, you're at a good price point to get people started into the sport to, yep. you know, to be able to build that and, and build that loyalty with people, you know, who are just getting started. So that's really cool. So you have bigger plans though. You're not through. You've got no. other things you're planning on doing no. in the future. Anything you want to, you know, kind well, of release today, what, what some plans look like for the future. I mean, right now I'm, I'm, I'm just so caught up in, this is the first match where I've got the new booth at. Yeah. So I know for the next year, there's a couple people that have been talking to me already that wanted to, you know, sponsor the, or not sponsor, but partner with us this year. And I'm like, Whoa, I've already got six that I've agreed to. And right. I don't want to diminish their value by, you know, uh, adding four more people to it. Let's, right. Let me see how this goes with these guys. And, you know, if somebody wants to back out or we can change things up next year, we'll do it then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've got, we've got, uh, t-shirts, jerseys. I've got, you can come out and we actually had it happen. You know, somebody forgot their belt. So they came mm-hmm. over and bought a belt. Somebody forgot their whole rig. So they come over and built the whole rig for their gun or, you know, they didn't know that Red Hill Tactical had, you know, the holsters the way they have them. Yep. And now you've actually got Red Hill Tactical's new holster as well. I do. With the push button. Yep, the push button. Yep. That's pretty cool. It's yep. pretty cool. So being that supporter of the shooting sports and everything else, and, and you know, you've got plans for the future to even add another trailer and bring out some other products for people to oh use as well. Are you, are you, are you, I you, mean, there's you, stuff that I want to do. It's just right. having the money to do it. Well, so I've taken no money out of this entire idea since its inception. Okay. Everything keeps feeding back into itself. Okay. To the point where my spouse is like, you know, you said we grossed so much money last year, but where is it? And I'm like, I go in a garage and I, I go like this. I go, look at all of this stuff. <laughs> this is two grand. This is three grand. This is, you know, the printer in the basement, you right. know? So, um, but yeah, so we've do like uh match banners. I know you um, are doing, a, you, yeah. you've been doing my match banners. That's the third year. Yeah. And this year with all the, you know, matches I sponsor, 
I sent out a separate letter with the certificates and it says, if you need banners, here's yeah. the email address to contact because you do banners for my company and other companies too. But companies didn't know this are listening. You actually send the banners directly to the match for them. Right. So we'll do it two different ways. So first off, our banners are not like banners you would buy from Vistaprint. Right. So you, if you buy them from, say, Vistaprint or, or some of these other organizations, what you get is a banner that they, they give you and they sell you at a high price point because they finish it in a way that's going to make it last a long time. Right. All right. So they're putting like a UV code on it. They're stitching the seams and stuff. Well, you as a sponsor, you're sending a banner to a match and you'll probably never see the dang thing again, but it's costing you 50 bucks. 60 at the time. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, this is that. This is terrible. When so, I first got started, I was like going, this is crazy how expensive oh, yeah. it's going to be. So you've got a sponsor that's sponsoring a match by sending, say, if it's an area match, you're sending 1500 bucks for a stage sponsorship worth of product. And on top of that, you're like, and I got to fork out so much money to actually demonstrate my participation with banners. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got the printer to do the decals, I was like, well, I can do match banners and make these less expensive for sponsors. Yeah. And... I can make it so that the match, if they need banners, can buy them at the lower price point too. You only need them the last four or five days. Right. Now. They last longer. Not That's what I'm, yeah. So yeah. the banners we have mm -hmm. are still the same banner material. They're still the same printing. We're not going to do the UV coat. We're not going to stitch it. We're going to throw some grommets in it and ship it to the match. Right. We do that two ways. Uh, the way you started off with was, hey, I'm going to order up 10 banners, send them to my office. No mm -hmm. problem. One big tube, send it to your office. Yep. Um, but ever since we started it, we've been doing it with Red Hill Tactical, you guys, Blue Bullets now, um, where we do, um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, you send me the list of matches you're sponsoring with their addresses. Mm -hmm. We'll print them up and send them directly to the match. Now, if you're a, if you're a company that wants to try to recapture banners, we'll send them out with a return label if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a small service charge to you know handle the banners once they get back to my house to clean them up and see if they're actually good to ship out to the next match or not right but you don't have to have any participation in it other than filling out the form and paying quarterly you know i love and, it and it just it's so much easier for a sponsor um and we're like and it's easier for the match because mm -hmm. what we started doing because you know I, I've, I've been a i've i've filled almost every role you can at a match now right um what I've what would do is when we do the shipping tube and we put the shipping label on it, I'll also write on the outside of the label, blue bullets, two banners, right? And I do that and like return label included. Yeah. Write that on the outside of the tube because what happens when you're a match director or a sponsor coordinator, you receive a, a package and you're like, what's in this? <laughs> <laughs> so you pull the label off, you unroll it. Oh, crap. And now you're trying to roll them up and stuff them back in the same tube. Right. So, yeah. So like... uh that was something I started doing for when we were shipping banners to nationals. I was like, this is stupid. I should do this all the time. So right. now we do it all the time. Yeah, we, we had to set down some ground rules because we had people that were requesting banners from you and they wanted a 20 foot by 30 foot banner. And I'm yeah. like, or, or, I'm yeah. like going, I don't even want a banner that large. Yeah. I'm not doing you eight foot banner. Yeah. So I was like, you know, you do regular banners that they want extra bigger. They're yeah. charging they the can, difference. They can, buy them. Yeah. <laughs> they can buy the difference on that because, you know, the four by three standard banners that fit on walls are great that you do. They're yeah. just wonderful. So the four by threes and they're, they're inexpensive. 20 bucks plus two bucks for uh, grommets. And that's what uh, I'm glad you told me the price of that. Cause yes, it was a third of the price of yeah. what I was paying before. And I, I, it allows me to sponsor more matches. It just brings down the whole cost of everything for the and sponsors. That's so. the idea. You know, we, I want to see sponsor more sponsors sponsoring better. Right. So if say, you know, you've got extra funds and instead of doing, you know, the same old, same old, you're like, like me, like, well, uh, I can't go to, um, 
Dragon's Cup this year. Mm-hmm. And I sponsored it last year, or I didn't sponsor last year, but this year I'm sponsoring it. I'm like, I don't want to just send you product. I can do that. I was like, mm-hmm. if that's really what you want to do, I'd rather find a different way to sponsor your match. And they're like, well, what do you got in mind? I was like, well, I was like, uh, are you doing a roll-off dumpster this year? And they're like, yeah. I was like, I'll pay for the roll-off dumpster. I'll be the dumpster fire spec. But buzz, but buzz, sponsors, yeah, like that, right? Like we did the porta potties for national. I was going to say, yeah, you know? and as you had me walk, I, 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 <laughs> thank you for doing the sponsorship because all of a sudden I realized, you know, I, there's a sign that was in every inside every porta potty that was a wonderful joke <laughs> and it was great. Then I realized somebody said, "What would what, oh they say something different every one of them?" Yeah. So I had to go to all twelve porta potties <laughs> to see what you wrote, which was the most just one of those experiences. Like God, the most porta potties. You've ever been in, in yeah, a single day. Yes, yeah. and, and I wasn't the only one. There was other people <laughs> going to other porta potties. So just to see what you put on the port, just to see what you put on the inside banner yeah. of the porta potty, which was great. Marketing. It was really good stuff. It's 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 so. what I'm trying to do because when I was, you know, it's nice that we get product from companies, right? And we get to show off their product and give right. that product away. It doesn't really do anything specific for the match. Right. It's not paying for a wall. It's not paying for a box of steaks to put in the ground. Right. Right. It's it's our way to draw more competitors and make the match look more uh, official by having sponsors. Right. Well, what it does. I remember when you first came out and everything got first started with everything else. And I made a beeline for you at the first match we met each other. Cause I, well, I got to make friends with this guy. Cause he just, just destroy me in a heartbeat. So <laughs> yeah, keep your enemies close kind of mentality. And we've been best friends ever since through that process. Yep. And, and I've given you full, you know, full permission with my image and likeness and logo and everything else. And you'll still come here every once in a while. You sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah post it. We're totally doing this. You good with this? I'm, I'm, like, I'm in cause I like having fun, but that's what I want to bring up before we finish the podcast is when, cause when I first, you know, People would see me would go fast on so people come to me, what are you doing? This guy's hurting the sport. This guy's making fun. This is the guy's making people not want to shoot anymore. This guy's making people, you know, not they're making fun of us. That's not fun. I was like going, uh, let me let me think about that for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I didn't just I don't make any harsh to you know quick rash decisions. But that was people's mentality. Yeah. Sometimes when it first came out, people were thought you were against. The shooting sports, which yeah. could be couldn't be further couldn't from the be truth. Further from the truth, because that's what you know. How did you overcome that yourself when that first started happening? I mean, uh, I've you, just ignored it. Okay, yeah, no, because I mean, you get the people that are occasionally like, "Oh, you think this is funny?" And like, yeah, actually, it was hilarious. That's why I posted it. Right. Well, it's for you. It may be a touchy subject for, but for the five hundred other people that are liking and commenting on it, mm-hmm. I've never had. I've also gotten to the point where i don't have to stick up for my own material anymore right people enough people like yourself understand who i am and what i'm doing right that they you know if somebody tries to give me grief about something i they'll take care you know my fans will take care of it in the comments for me right because they understand right you know um like which is which is wild i do make fun of everything what you're not seeing is i've also taken my own company money bought enough stuff to set up an entire uh, paperless scoring for every match I go to. That's right. So I bring 15 tablets, 15 commander timers. I bring, you know, the entire mesh network and the cellular connection in case there's not an internet connection. Mm -hmm. And I set the whole thing up because in my eyes, a paperless scoring match is a better experience for the shooters and it's a better experience for the staff. Right. So if I can help the match by providing that stuff, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. So we're sitting here at area six. 
Um, when I got here, they already had their own mesh network set up. And I was like, oh, that's great. I don't have to do that if you guys don't need it. But if you do, I've got everything with me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're actually having problems with the cellular signal. What network? I've got a different one. Try this one. And they've been using it all day because Wonderful. it's working better than the other one. Do you charge for them? No, absolutely not. Cool. No. I, that's part of my uh, sponsorship for the match is having that available to it. Okay. So, um, you know, no, I, I bring that as a service to the match and to the competitors. So, okay. Yeah. Do you, are you in a situation where you would like to do this full time at some point? Yeah. If, I mean, if I can get to the point where I do what I enjoy doing instead of, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy my day job. I do enjoy troubleshooting and figuring out how to right. fix things. Um, but if I can be, you know, in my sport all the time, right. I, I'd love to, but it's just getting there. So I do have one thing I want to touch on. Cause you just got through, you, you did. So, you, I've had a lot of people ask me, why didn't you do all the, you know, interviewing all the presidential candidates for USPS saying all this other stuff. Why didn't you get, I said, I don't want to, I'm just sitting back right now. Just kind of, I don't want to get involved yet. Cause I knew people like yourself were going to be doing that. Were, was that eye opening to you to have the, the, to do the interviews like that well, with, the, with, the, with the current president presidential roster for the vote? <laughs> So you had mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, having to look behind the curtains and wishing you hadn't type yeah. of thing. Uh, some days I'm there, too, where it's like, man, I really missed the days when I didn't know anything about this stuff. Right. right. So when you decided to do that, you know, because when I when I heard you were going to interview everybody, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is fixing to be. Yeah, and then it turned out not to be what people wanted. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was like the most oh yeah. <laughs> moment. <laughs> so here my view at the time. Okay. Social media is just on fire about anti board. And I'm like, I don't even know anything about the board. Right? Like I don't want to get all of my information from this one one group of people. Okay. I was like, I don't even I can't, I haven't never even talked to my, my area director since the last match. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to call him up. And I was like, well, hold up. If I'm going to call him up. I was like, I'm sure there's other people that want to hear about what he's got to say. So let me just do a live and, and talk about it. What I want to talk about with him, mm-hmm. with everybody. And I was like, oh, wow, that was actually like informative. So let me do that more. But I have to be careful, right? <laughs> like these guys are used to thinking about me the way you described I'm mm-hmm. against the sport. I'm always making, you know, being hurt and detrimental. Make people cry. Right. <laughs> if, if that's the way they want to roll it, that's they can cry about it. I get over it quicker when I cry. So <laughs> if I cry, just real good cry, then I go, okay, I can move on and laugh. Throw my temper tantrum. Um, no, but uh, so like when I was doing like the presidential candidate yes. interviews before mm-hmm. there was even like, you know, the rules changes had even happened. Right. Um, I did it specifically with a set of questions just to get these guys used to the idea of talking to us because mm-hmm. they're not doing it. Whether it be me, you, or anybody else, nobody was talking to anybody. Right. So let me just get them on, take, go at it with glove hands at, or kid glove hands, and just let them let them talk about the the few topics that I sent them about. Right. And go easy with it. Right. They're not actual candidates yet. It may right. change between now and the election cycle. Well, now we're in the election cycle. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the, you know, as soon as the official list comes out, then I get to have my interviews where I'm like, all right. So when we talked last time, you said you were going to do this, but that's not actually part of the thing that you're supposed to be able to do. So how do you intend to make that happen? Right. Like, give me some details. Because right. that's what people wanted was some details. And I was being like, oh, broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, these guys are just now thinking about running. 
they don't have the details yet. So let's give mm-hmm. them some time to think about it. Once the ballots or whatever come out, then we'll we'll sit down with them and try to get some details. And and you became kind of more famous in the shooting world by doing this as well, because based on one of your memes that I think was like Tom Brady is the um, no Ben Stoger is the Tom Brady of the shooting sports. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You even came to the attention of um, Ben Stager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben, uh, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that he does or doesn't like us. I really don't. I, I don't go. I'm not. You know, there are some individuals that you know I, I've met and have good experiences with, mm-hmm. and you know we make fun of them on a general, <laughs> like JJ Ricasa, right. for instance, or Kita Busi, right? Right. Bussy. Pussy. Pussy. Is that right the first time? I don't know. I asked her that. Sorry. My bad. Well, because everybody says this way, everybody says that way. It's just like, you know, same way with Stoger, Stager. Yeah. It happens the same way all the time. They answer to both, I found out. I mean, I didn't have that great of experience with them the one time that I actually talked to them face to face. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my experience with them. So, I mean, that that is what it is. Sometimes that happens with people in life. And, you know, if if we hang out another time, I have different experience with them. Maybe it'll change. Right. I get it. Yeah. So um, I don't go looking for him. He doesn't come looking for me, I guess. So, yeah. Not that I would never not have him on a live and chat with him. I totally would. I don't talk to anybody, you know. (laughs) I don't care. So doing lives and everything you've done, you've actually even had some experiences where you've hung out with, you know, banging brass oh yeah and, and, Trevor. and, and, and when that first got started for <laughs> four hours and just and i won't even it was just <laughs> Those an, are ludicrous just an amazing overall oh, experience i've drank you know. so much rum was that what it was oh so much rum just it, it, you blame it on the rum uh, or is this I, just or just how it was, it's gonna it was be? the decision to drink the rum is to blame <laughs> okay all right the rum <laughs> is just the consequence of the decision uh yeah no it was we would just get carried away and just have right. a good time it, it was a good time it was a good time it opened opened up a lot to let people know how much passionate you are about the sport yeah when, when you see me on a, on a live and you realize that i'm actually the voice of reason right. and i'm drunk something <laughs> is very like hold up this isn't what i thought it was going to be right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> but no and I, I that's where i want to you know go to is you are very passionate about where everything's at you know with all the changes that are happening that have happened and, and may happen in the future you're very passionate yeah about that and you're well, very outspoken if we're going to get a new president fine Let's actually learn something about the guy because right. the last elections we had were basically like, hey, you can choose Mike or Mike. You learn about second Mike from a page in, in a thing. Right. Uh, or you're going to base it off of your interactions with him. Oh, I'll vote for that guy because I know him. And I was like, well, do you think that's where we're going to be at now with this election? Though we no. got we got five candidates. Do you think if, it's if we it's, still and have they're, that? They're in, they're in every region. Ugh. And do you think it's going to be a popularity contest for that region? It better not be. I mean, that's that's the whole idea of having these guys and and making it making it making them comfortable talking to podcasts or lives, and then them going off and doing other podcasts and lives mm-hmm. is. Let's actually learn something about him. Maybe the guy you know from your local match doesn't actually know what the hell he's talking about. And you want to vote for the the other guy that Mm -hmm. seems like he's more, you know, you may live in a section or an area of the country where you're your coordinator or your your director candidate for president Mm -hmm. is a nice, nice person. You like hanging out with them. You know, you chat and you guys got similar opinions. And then you see that, you know, on a debate that he's got different opinions from what you expect, but the other guy's got actually, you know, more information about it. Maybe you won't vote for your buddy this time. Maybe your buddy's not the right candidate. Maybe it's, you know, right. somebody in a different region running for president. So, and I, I think that's important that people actually 
spend some time and don't just make up your opinion because you saw him at your local match. Right. Go go watch one of these lives or debates and learn something about it. And please vote. Oh my God. Just like, you think do you think with all the the with lack of better words, drama that has happened over the past nine months, do you think there will be more people that vote in this election? Or do you think it'd be the same, you know, amount? Because I'm curious about that myself. Will it be the same amount of people that have always voted a vote? Do you think more people are going to get involved this time? I'm planning on making a big push from my social media presence to get people to vote. Okay. Like, I don't care who you vote for. Just right. go vote. I mean, obviously, I have my opinion. I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is. Right. I want you to make up your own opinion. So we need, we need a go vote campaign. Yeah, I like well, it. go sit at your computer and vote. Like, yeah. follow this link and use your, you know, the the code, you, your USPSA yeah. membership and vote. I mean, it's it's not hard to do. It's They've made it very streamlined and simple yeah. uh, based off of your login for, you know, USPSA.org. Right. You just go in and hit the vote button. The hell, they, they'll probably, what they've done in the past, there's a banner that says, you know, like, hey, your NRY is expiring. Make sure you do your test. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have a My banner test that says, going up again too. hey, oh. you haven't voted yet. Go vote, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I hope I hope to start driving people with links and, you know, getting people to the to the, the, the motion where they're they're reading a meme on their page and they go, oh, yeah, okay. And they click the button and then they fill in their, their USPSA number and they just hit the vote button. Right. Okay, you vote for. So we add a link to what some of your memes or something to go. Yeah, we'll right do stuff like that. Sweet. Some more directional stuff. You know, if you see me at a match and it's election time, I'll probably have a tablet sitting there just for you to fill out and vote. You know? Great idea. So, yeah. Great idea. Because that's fixed to be on us really quick by the time this releases. We may be in the process of voting. Yeah. So that's one of those things. And do you think there'll be a runoff? There's always a runoff. Okay. I don't, I don't think... With five How people, I, no, you know, well, I didn't know. I so. think some of the gentlemen that are running would not capitulate if it wasn't a big enough spread. Okay. So yeah, I, there's, I don't think it's going to, if it was, if it was close, I, I, you know, I don't think there's anybody, they're all, all type A personalities. You're mm-hmm. not going to have one of those guys that are like, you know, that has, you know, uh, a handler that's like, Hey, you should probably just capitulate and, right. you know. That we're not going to have that. It's going to wow. go to Ronald. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me today about everything we've talked about so far. I'm proud to carry the Go Fast on Suck logo when oh. I travel around because I know what you're about. And I've had people ask me, you know, you got that? It's like, yeah, like, let me tell you a story. I'm able to tell your story. And after this, you know, podcast we've done today, hopefully more people will understand what you are all about behind the scenes because that's what's really important for people to understand that you are growing just almost as fast as I did and just fix come out of nowhere and start showing up to matches. And you're going to be, like I said, the certified expert program for hunters HD gold. So I, there's going to be like almost like two of me. And you've actually made a, a stand up of me at some matches where I'm actually at, in, 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 in form where I'm actually standing there, which I'm, I'm surprised you didn't pass out the Sharpie and let people have their way with me. My <laughs> Look, if you're going to give me ideas, I'm just going to run with them. Exactly. That's what we yes. we had a lot of fun talking about ideas that I can't put out there to public sometimes. We've had, you can. Uh, we have our six foot flat Brian. And then I also have, because I, I have some smaller stands, they're like three foot. So I have I've, not seen a three foot mini oh, I've, I've got, no, no, no. It's life size Tim Herons. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you put it next to mine. I even got the picture where he's looking up. <laughs> that is amazing. That's awesome. So, yeah, three foot Tim's not me. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, he's six foot Brian and a life size Tim <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> and that's awesome. So, what, what's next? What's next for you? What do you know? Uh, well, this year we've got 15 matches that we're going 15. to. This is the first of 15 matches. Wow. Yeah. 
So I remember about 15 matches back in 18. Yeah. And now it's up to 40. So, yeah. so if, if I make it there, it's because I don't have to do a day job. This yeah. will be my day job. That's awesome. So we'll see. We'll see if I can, if I can get the, uh, the, you know, the banners going with enough companies, if I can mm-hmm. get the, uh, you know, the, um, the booth going with enough product to be able to make it all worth it on a regular basis, it'll just grow it to the point where I can just do this for a living and, Make a run at it. So you you've opened me up where I get to go to the West Coast more because you got the East Coast covering a lot of matches. I can't get for you. It's awesome. So I get to go out to West Coast a lot. I think there's all but all because I live in Area Eight. All but one. All I won't be able to make it the West PA is the only Area Eight match I won't. And I think I may be going to that one. As a matter of fact, it's not official in the schedule yet. But that was our first match. I know. I looked at it. I looked at that and I was like, I think I may be able to make that one this year. So, well, man, how can people get in touch with the easiest way? Besides, you know, how do you want people get in touch with you about banners or about any or coming to a match? What does that look like? Oh, you can shoot me a message on social media if that's your thing. Um, I'm just going to direct you to send me an email. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go uh, orders at gofastdon'tsuck.net or you can email me directly at gfds.buildd at gmail. Okay. And then, um, or just visit the website. We've got links and stuff on there. Gofastdon'tsuck.net. Somebody's sitting on the dot com and I can't get it from them. So, Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we have, we have a lot of different programs we're working. Um, we've got partnerships with you guys, um, but we also do like uh, Kita and her kits. That's right. We've got um, you know kits for Anderson. Yep. Barber training now. Uh, Tim Heron. That's how I picked up Barber training the other day. That's cool. I did. Yeah. So he's doing some good things. He's doing. He's got an interesting little kit. He's got set up with two different sizes, and he's promoting them and. You know, being able to, and and that's that's beneficial to both of us, everybody that's involved. You're more likely to dry fire using a kit with somebody that you trained with. Mm-hmm. So you're using a kit that demonstrates some of the principles you learn by training with that person. Um, I, I'm getting to make that revenue and and build you, draw you to my website. And it's also raising money for the individual that we're using. So mm-hmm. if you buy a barber training kit or if you buy a Kita kit, there is a portion of those proceeds that goes towards them, whether that's. Now they've got money sitting in um, credit where they can say get jerseys, get anything, yeah, right. So mm-hmm. and it's it's helping everybody involved, and that's what we're about. So well, that's no better way to say it. You are definitely a, a supporter of the shooter, the shooting sports, and everybody involved behind the scenes as well. So everybody but the one that got their feelings hurt. <laughs> yeah, but those those people usually come around as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's just one of those Eventually. things. You got to educate, <laughs> educate, and immediately eight. <laughs> I'm doing it in the wrong order. <laughs> you are. You start off with the H first. It's all good. <laughs> but no, thank you, Bill, so much for um, sitting down with me today, discussing a little bit of history and what all what what truly go fast don't suck is all about. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for listening or watching this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. If you have any questions, of course, reach out to Bill directly or hit me up at info at hundershdgold.com. But until next time, we'll see you at the range soon. Thanks, Bill.